the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joining us as we get started this morning at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Tuesday. Not just any Tuesday. It is the day that we have been waiting for. It is D Day. It is Decision Day 2018. A time when we make the decision as to whether or not we want to continue moving forward with the amazing growth in this country, or if we want to revert back to the failed economic policies of the past. In fact, specifically, of the eight years prior to the beginning of the Trump presidency. It's the sixth morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2018, and this is what it is all about. And this is why the President of the United States is is traveling the country and has been for weeks with an energy and a vigor and a passion that belies his age, one that mirrors the love and the passion that he has for this country. Vote for Republican Congress, for Republican Senate. Go out and vote Republican. All day yesterday, three different stops yesterday. I don't remember how many on Sunday. I don't remember remember how many on Saturday and Friday and Thursday and back and back. He has continued to, uh, to travel this country, reminding everybody about what is at stake. Frankly, if their agenda kept going forward, meaning if the other side had won, we would have been down 4.2 or 6 or 7. We were going down. It was very bad when I took it over. And if we didn't open it up and cut regulations, the whole Obama thing would have collapsed. It would have been a disaster there is no question about any of this the president doing interviews with anybody who wants to he's doing rallies in every city that has uh, in every state that has major um, close races toss-up races for control of the congress and he is acting as if his name is on the ballot quite frankly it is i know a lot of people don't want to look at it this way but let's be real let's be honest the Congress that we have, led by Republicans, is still a swamp. Can we agree on this? The Congress, as currently constructed, is still a swamp. The president wanted to come and drain the Washington swamp. Now, it isn't just about Congress, of course. The swamp is much, much deeper than that, with special interest groups and lobbyists uh, getting favors uh, and and paying for favors, uh, the deep state. I mean, Washington, D.C. is a cesspool or a swamp of corruption. Congress, however, is a big, big part of that, and it is still very, very swampy. Without President Trump's leadership, without President Trump's guidance... I'm not sure that the swamp led by Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, the two Republican leaders, despite both of them having done some good things, the swampy Capitol Hill Congress led by uh, Republicans would not have gotten any of this done. Not the tax reform, not the deregulation, 
all of the different elements, the economic policies that have been developed by the president and his team and implemented after a lot of arm twisting of Republicans and without any support whatsoever of the Democrats, all of these things are a direct respo- uh, the direct responsibility of the president of the United States. In essence, the president's policies and the president's two-year record is on the ballot today, despite the fact that his name is not. I think that's very important. I also think it is very important for everyone to make sure that we understand the context of what is happening today as people head to the polls. And fortunately, I feel like most of this listening audience is going to be staying with me for the entire two hours because you don't have to go wait in line to vote because you're smart. People who listen to this program and this station generally get it, and you probably voted early so that you don't have to worry about this. And thank goodness for that. By the way, I just think in general Republicans are smarter in you know on, on average or in the aggregate, and that's why in so many of the important battleground states for uh, where uh, congressional seats are going to determine the majority versus the minority in uh, the House of Representatives, the turnout in the early voting for Republicans has been enormous, far outpacing early voting in 2016, far outpacing early voting for Republicans in the last midterms in 2014. That's huge. But back to the point at hand. As people go to vote today, they may not see the name Trump when they get to the ballot box, but when you are, what you are going to see is a choice. And those two choices are going to be in the R or the D that you see on the various congressional races. And obviously there are other races too. We'll talk about issue one a little bit more today. We'll talk about some of the state races and so on. But as you see the various choices there, particularly in the federal government and in the U.S. Congress, both the House and the Senate, you're going to be seeing Trump's way, versus Obama's way. And I want you to consider several things when you do that. I want you to consider the state of the economy during the first two years of Trump compared to the eight years of Obama. I want you to consider the state of government regulation. I want you to consider the unemployment numbers. I want you to consider the GDP numbers. I want you to consider the not just the unemployment number and figure itself, but the workforce participation rate. More people are going back to work in the last two years than we have seen in decades. I want you to consider all of those things and think, and then ask yourself, do I want to continue that? Or do I want to go back to the days of record high food stamps? For, for more Americans? Do I want to go back to the date of record lows in wage growth? Do I want to go back to the days of Barack Obama's policies forcing the economy to grind along at a snail's pace because he wants to keep America, just like all Democrats, want to keep the American people in some sort of need so that middle and lower middle class America, as well as America's poor, has to look to the government for help. And then they, of course, as is their policy, they're the ones who give the handouts and say, look what we just gave you. Don't you want to keep voting for us? Do you want, it's very simple. When you see the name Beverly Goldstein on the ballot today, if you're in District 11, and when you see the name Marsha Fudge, your choice is going to be clear. Beverly Goldstein represents the Trump economy the Trump growth model, the Trump policies that have turned this country into an economic machine 
Fudge represents the policies of regression, the policies of blame, the policies of harassment and intimidation and everything else that the Democrat Party stands for today. When you see the name of Sherrod Brown, understand he voted in lockstep with Barack Obama and other liberal senators like Elizabeth Warren to keep us down, to keep us beholden to the government, to keep the American government as the primary driving force of the economy as opposed to the American people and the, and the free market and capitalism. Understand what Sherrod Brown has done. When you see the name Jim Renacci, who supports and votes with the president and votes for the economic growth that we have seen, votes for the tax cuts and the tax uh, reform that has led to where we are today, understand that the name Renacci is the same as Trump. The president's name isn't on the ballot, but it is all over the ballot. When you see these policies, understand they are represented in the R that is uh, running for Congress, the Trump policies, especially as it pertains to the economy, to national security, to border security. Understand, too, when you see the name Brown, you're seeing open borders. When you see the name Fudge, you're seeing abolish ICE. When you see the name Captor, you're seeing abolish ICE, end the rule of law, support sanctuary cities. When you see the name of Stephen Kraus, you're going to see secure the borders, grow the economy, shrink the taxes, grow the revenues organically. These are extraordinarily important things to remember. This morning... Before I came on the air, about an hour ago, as I was just doing some show prep, I I just, I don't know why, I was just kind of overcome by a need to just do a little summary. And I started jotting down a few notes on the laptop in front of me, and I just started saying, look at where we are right now, is what I said to myself, or thought to myself, look at where we are right now, and look at where we were two years ago, four years ago, six years ago, eight years ago, in the malaise of the Obama administration, right? Look at the difference. And I started writing down the difference between then and now, then and now. And I went ahead and I thought it looked okay, so I put it on Facebook and I put it on Twitter and it's exploding. I want to read it to you. It's not long, just, it's just a few bullet points. All the, it's a series of bullet points, all this is. Right now, your taxes are lower. Right now, your wages are higher. Right now, your retirement account is thriving. Right now, unemployment is at a 50 year low. Right now, minority unemployment is at an all-time low. Right now, tens of millions of Americans no longer need food stamps. Right now, businesses are expanding. Right now, manufacturers are hiring. Right now, our 4.3% growth economy is exploding. And right now, you need to remember that not a single congressional Democrat voted for any of it. Not one. They obstructed, they resisted, they intimidated, and they harassed in order to try and stop it. And right now, you need to realize that in good conscience, you cannot possibly return these people to power. Right now, you must vote red today. 
I put that on Facebook, like I said, about uh, a half an hour or so before the show, maybe a little longer. And uh, and I put it on Twitter as well. If you're on social media, follow me there. Twitter and radio, or excuse me, Twitter and Facebook. It's Radio Done Right or France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. All one word, no spaces, no underscores. Share it. Spread the message. And confront friends about it. Confront them. Not violently, of course, but confront them and say, hey, just just explain this to me, will you please? How could you possibly vote blue and vote to undo everything that I just read? And that's just, by the way, I didn't even get to the reshaping of the federal courts. I didn't get, I mean, there are so many accomplishments. I didn't get to the foreign policy achievements. I didn't get to the uh, uh, support for our, our friends and allies in Israel. All of the other things that have changed since Donald Trump took over and undid so much of the damage done by Barack Obama, it would be a much, much longer list. This was just focused on the economy, just focused on growth, and just focused on your everyday life. You are better off today. There is no question about it. I don't care what level of the economic scale at which you exist is. I don't care if you are in poverty. I don't care if you are in uh, lower middle class, middle class, upper middle class, or if you're among the wealthy. You are doing better today than you were two years ago because we all are doing so much better today. And it's going to continue because of the policies that have been put in place. These regulations will not be reinstituted. They're gone forever. This is the only thing that the Congress can do now, and I would hope that we will hold their feet to the fire when we keep our Republican majority, is make sure that the tax cuts that were um, that have a 10-year sunset clause are indeed made permanent so that we can always count on them. But that's where we are this morning. As you head to the polls, I want you to remember those things, and I want you to share those things with other people and ask them how in good conscience they could vote for anyone with a D after their name, knowing full well that everyone with a D has literally voted against all of the progress that I just ran down for you. All right, your phone call's next, 216-901-0945. Beverly Goldstein is going to be joining me in about 20 minutes uh, for one last talk, discussion of her campaign against Marsha Fudge. Eric Trump, the son of the President of the United States, will join me the next hour, so we'll talk to him as well, and plenty of time to talk to you. It's Election Day. It is Decision Day, 2018. Join us at 216-901-0945 on the Bob France Authority. Nine twenty-five. Now the Bob France Authority continuing on Election Day, twenty eighteen. It's D Day. I want some context to be understood here before I go to the phone calls. Too understand when I say that the president's name is on the ballot here without actually being in print. Do not take that to mean that if the Democrats squeak out control of the House at the end of the day today, when all of the ballots are counted that it was a repudiation of the president. Do not even think that for a moment, and here's why. Understand that the Democrats only need to switch 23 seats. They need to gain 23 seats to take control of the House. That is not a big number, historically speaking, particularly when you consider the fact that Barack Obama lost over 60 seats for his party in his midterm elections in 2010. Bill Clinton lost over 50 seats to the Republicans in his 1994 midterm election. These things generally happen. The party in power loses a lot of seats uh, in midterm elections. 
If President Trump happens to, or let me rephrase, if the Republican Party happens to lose control of the Congress by a small handful of seats, if 23 or 26 or 30 seats change hands and the Democrats do take over, do not see that as some repudiation of the president, saying that obviously they didn't like the job Trump has done because they voted for Democrats. That will not be the case. Now, if it's a blowout, if the blue wave happens, if 50, 60 seats change hands, we have to ask ourselves, are the American people in all of these very important voting districts, are they really repu- uh, you know, uh, uh, resisting and, and, and repudiating the, the president's message? Then maybe we have to ask ourselves, but I do not see that happening. And if it is very, very close, understand that it's actually um, the other. You know, it, it's literally the opposite. It's literally the opposite. Because what it will mean is that the President of the United States was able, through his tremendous policies and tremendous progress in these last two years, to actually buck the trend of big, huge losses for his party instead. And it will all be because of his message and his energy. Charlie is in Lakewood. You are on AM 1420. The answer is this the politically incorrect incorrect mechanic? Yes, it is, Mr. Franz. How are you? I am great, my friend. How was the rally yesterday at the IX Center? The rally was amazing. I, you know, after after leaving there, I, I was going to save this for the end of my phone call, but I want to quote Tom Hanks from A League of Their Own, we're going to win. <laughs> you got that excitement and that energy up, uh, don't you? Very much so. And, I, and, and not the reason I called, but just to answer your question about how people could vote for Sherrod Brown and the, and the likes of that, the, the, the problem is these, these people are that spiteful and that hateful. They have nothing else to go on. And they would rather run the country backwards just because they still haven't accepted the election results of 2016 that we were told we would be an American for if we didn't accept the election results of 2016. But the reason I, I call, think you're right. I think you're right. They, they, well, what are they, what are their choices? Their choices are continue to fight to go backwards or acknowledge that crap, Trump was the right choice. He's doing an amazing job. Look at where we are. They're never going to say that because then that kills their own attempt to get power back. So they have to fight it. They have to, uh, to try to drive backwards into the Obama era. Otherwise they're, they're lost forever. Of course. But uh, I just want to, you know, you hit all the all the business about the economy and everything. What I wanted to just say was to please get out and vote Republicans today. Do not reward the despicable, vile mob mentality of intimidation and lawlessness. The Democrats only mob tech pay off. You know what, Charlie? You're you're 100% right. I'm going to let you loose there because your phone is breaking up on us, but uh, your message is right. Do not reward them. As Charlie just said, do not reward their behavior. Do not reward their slander. Do not reward their defamation. Do not reward their mob-like tactics. Do not reward their, their incitement to violence. Do not reward their obstruction and resistance. Do not reward their name-calling and their, and their accusations of bigotry and racism where it doesn't exist. Do not reward them for this. But most importantly, do not give them a chance to undo the progress that we are all enjoying right now as capitalist society believing thriving workers in a, in 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 one of the most dynamic economies that we have ever had in American history do not let them take that away from you I know one woman who's fighting to make sure that that stays the uh, case and uh, make sure that we stay on the right track and also a woman who's trying to lift the people who are not yet seeing the great gains of the Trump economy because of their existence in Marsha Fudge's district. 
one of the poorest districts with some of the poorest cities, not just in the state of Ohio, but in the country, because she does nothing for them. Beverly Goldstein is trying to change all that. She's running for Congress. Vote for her today if you are in District 11. She will tell you why when we come right back on AM 1420 The Answer. Matt Lynch for Judge. Nine thirty-five now. The Bob France at thirty on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. We continue on election day twenty eighteen. This is um, this could not be more important. I said earlier on that when you see the names of people like Jim Renacci and Beverly Goldstein and Steve Krause and others who are running for Congress against Democrats who completely oppose and resist and obstruct virtually everything that President Trump has tried to do to turn this economy and thus to turn this country around. You are seeing President Trump's name. President Trump yesterday was in Cleveland, among other stops. One of the most important places for him to come was right here in Cleveland and here in Ohio to support those very candidates. His name may not be on the ballot, but his policies are on the ballot in their names. And if you want to continue this tremendous growth, you have to vote for them. One of them is Beverly Goldstein, who, of course, Dr. Beverly Goldstein, who is running against Marsha Fudge in District 11. Uh, and uh, she joins us now here on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Bev, so good to have you back. How are you? I don't know. Today's the day. That's a great answer. I, I don't know how I would be, Bev. Uh, you fought so hard. You have spent, I don't know, did, you probably couldn't even begin to try to total up the man hours you have put into this, you and your husband, getting out there and not just campaigning at rallies, but campaigning personally on the streets, business to business, neighbor to neighbor, friend to friend, in so many places in District 11 to try to open their eyes as to what uh, Marsha Fudge has failed to do for them and uh, to try to open their eyes as to what you can do and what your commitment is to for them. Um, I, I don't know how I would feel. It all comes down to, you know, the next, uh, what, roughly, we'll call it nine hours of voting, not ten hours of voting from this point forward. Um, I, I, I don't know how I would feel either. Are you, um, are you relieved that we are, you know, that the finish line is in sight? I think you could say, candidates are relieved and at the same time you always wish oh could i have three more days or one more week bob i'd like to stop for just a minute and Mm -hmm. bring out something and that is thanking all my volunteers and that includes people on social media bob people come and go in your campaign unless you are a person who can hire and retain quality people over the total time of your election cycle, people come and go, not because they get tired of you, but because they either have to go back to college, take a new job. I mean, I could list you 10 different reasons why great volunteers and close friends helped for a while and then had to uh, back away. So... I just want to say to anyone who is listening today, because we did tweet out and put on Facebook that I would be on your program this morning, anything that anybody has done to help me help District 11, I thank you so much. And Bob Grant, that includes you. 
you are such a, a great man with great insight into our area and our country and you have helped me you have helped me talk to the people here and around the country to understand that district 11 isn't like the whole rest of the country parts of us are but parts of us aren't and the way we're going to become better is to recognize those parts that aren't going in the best direction and coming up with the reason for it and the solution for it. And anything and everything that we will do going forward will not happen in five minutes. We didn't get ourselves into these horrible circumstances in a short period of time. 35 years this district has been served in Congress by a Democrat. That means somebody was born, went to preschool, went to kindergarten, graduated from elementary school, high school, college, probably got a graduate degree, got married and had a few children, got a job and got promoted. All of that happened since we've ever seen a Republican try to make an impact in District 11 in this community. So that's a lot to say, but my, my social media has been really interesting and awesome. So I hope we do get a chance to talk about that a little bit. Well, you know what, Bev, uh, I want to talk about a few things here. Um, But since you just brought it up, you know, what's really amazing, in my opinion, you know, about your social media, just to to stay on that then, you weren't on Twitter and Facebook and other things prior to uh, announcing your run for this campaign. Uh, Am I correct on that? You, You started this literally. You went from zero to where you are now with I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of social media impressions uh, and, and thousands of followers. You did this all in a very, very short period of time. And, and what that says to me is, number one, you have an amazing ability to connect with people. And number two, uh, people were, were ready and willing to hear this message. You, I mean, look, Marsha Fudge, how long has she been there? Ten years? She's been in that district ten for years. ten years. And, and nothing has changed. No one has had improved lives. I know you want to talk about literacy, which you have made the cornerstone of your entire campaign because it's the cornerstone of what can turn people in very, very desperate situations in District 11 in the worst parts of the of the district in terms of poverty and other things to turn their lives around. But, Bev, you, the fact that you went from nowhere, from zero to, you know, the, the, the place you are now with impressions on social media shows that you have a great ability to connect and people were ready and waiting for someone to come along like this. Well, it really started on July 2nd with Stacy, who's a close friend from Act for America. She showed up and said, man, I really have good skills in this, and it looks like you have no clue. And I said, you're right, and candidates can't do everything, especially this time around. I have a job, which is a very good one, and I have to be very serious at work when I'm at work. So on on July the 2nd, the Beverly for Congress campaign had 40 followers left over from 2016, and we currently have 13,600 followers. This fluctuates up and down 100 here, 100 there. But in 77 days, through Stacy's efforts in Twitter and my messages that I wanted to share with people, serious messages and fun messages, we went to 10,000 people in 77 days. That's like rockets. I mean, I, 
I had no anticipation for that. I just worked hard at it, and so did Stacy. Now, on the Facebook side of it, Robin, um, who I work with at Sam's Club, she's in the optical department, and I'm in the hearing department, shows up at my face one day, and she goes, you know, I woke up this morning, and I thought, maybe you're running for Congress again. So I looked it up, and you are. I, I didn't talk about it at work. I thought, you know, I'm at work, and, and as the election got closer, and I was in way more media, people were coming by all the time. But in the early months, um, I didn't talk to patients or coworkers about it. And she said, you know, I'm really good at Facebook, and your Facebook is terrible. Let's, let's improve it. I went, go for it. And so I have these two absolutely amazing women, and they're both volunteering, and they spend hundreds of hours helping me. So those are the kinds of things I was talking about before. People show up in your lives, and they believe that you can do something that will really be significant for a very long time or forever, and that they can be a part of it. So volunteers don't help you just because they have nothing better to do. They help you because... They really believe that they can be part of the voice of the, the candidate for whatever office the candidate is running for. And so we, send, we tend to say, oh, our volunteers are wonderful and we want to thank them. I am a candidate, but I would be nowhere without these two women, Michael Goldstein, who is working on this campaign almost 24-7, and everybody else. Whatever whatever they've done, it's just amazing. But I, I hope you do ask me to share my numbers because they're dramatic. I just please please yes yeah yeah absolutely. Okay. I want to hear them. Okay, so we started Twitter on July the second of this year. We had forty followers left over from two years ago. We now have thirteen thousand six hundred. In this period of time, according to Twitter, since they keep track of everything the campaign has sent out tweets and retweets to total 981 of those 26 got massive play one tweet which was a photo of me and senator mitch mcconnell two years ago at Mm -hmm. the rnc convention i never thought i'd use that photo for anything i put it out there saying thank you for your great hearing of the Kavanaugh hearing and the wonderful outcome for justice where at Kavanaugh. That got 38,000 looks. That's a lot of looks for... That's amazing. Not in office. Right. I mean, I, 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 that probably got looked at by people in the Senate and the House and in Washington. I mean, that, that who, who would get that? Okay, so the 26 uh, tweets that got massive plays, those numbers totaled 325,000. I didn't add up the 10 here and 6 there. I just rounded it up. So it it could be 100 up or down from this. But 325,000 impressions and retweets just of 26 of the 981 tweets. Now on Facebook... 
We Be- 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 if I may, if I, if I may, I, w- I want to interrupt sure. on those because the specific numbers to me are less important than the message I want you to send out here as people go in District 11 now. Uh, I mean, suffice it to say, obviously, you have made a major, major impression, along with the assistance of the volunteers that you mentioned, like Stacy and others, a major impression online, and that is a phenomenal thing. But what I want to do now in the last few minutes that we have here, since it is Election Day, is I want you to remind everybody about the difference between yourself and and Marsha Fudge and and in a in a shortened thumbnail sketch version remind everybody about the critical importance of literacy adult literacy in district 11 and how impossible it is for people to lift themselves out of their their plight or their situations if they don't uh, find a way uh, to become literate and to be able to do things beyond what they're already doing and living on whatever crumbs, and I will use that term accurately because that's what uh, most of public uh, assistance programs are, not what Nancy Pelosi called crumbs with respect to the tax cuts. But, uh, but the government throws crumbs to people in poverty and hopes they are really appreciative of those crumbs because They'll keep coming back to vote for them to get more crumbs. You don't want people to settle for that in District 11. You want the poor people in that district, especially the poor people, uh, to lift themselves up out of that. So can you just kind of give us that 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 last-minute push and remind everybody why they need to get to the doggone ballot box right now and push the button for Beverly Goldstein? Well, Bob... You kind of summarized it for me. I guess you'll have to be my media expert <laughs> when I'm in Congress because you are the... Guru of messaging. But well, I, I, oh, Bev, but in truth, all I've done is listen to you, you know, for the last uh, several okay. months as you've been doing this, and I've got your message kind of down cold, because you're right, Bev. I, you know, I mean, Dr. Bev, I listen to you, and, and everything you're saying is so spot on, I can't understand how anybody in that district would fail to, to, to vote for someone whose true total goal, and I know you, and I know your heart, and I know your sincerity, you're, this is, these aren't campaign talking points. You believe in the ability of these people to be lifted up, and you have a plan in place that you will follow through to do it. And I hope everybody understands this isn't just campaigning. You really, truly believe this. Well, I do, Bob, and it's real interesting because a couple of real on-the-other-side people whose events I attended, one lady called me up and she goes, you know, Black people are really sick of hearing from you that you're telling us that we're illiterate in the city and everything. You're white. Where do you get off telling us that? Why don't you just shut up about it and go be talking about something else? And I'm thinking to myself, she said, you know, that's, I don't want to call you a racist, but, you know, you're, you're really bordering on it. I'm thinking to myself, right, I'm 70 years old. I figured out what the real root of the problem is, and it's not just District 11's problem. Every community in the United States of America that faces what we've uncovered in this campaign has got the same root, okay? It's like not different somewhere else. It's not different in Baltimore or Denver or anywhere else, okay? It's the same root. And so we figured that out. We addressed it by figuring out what works in the community and the Seeds of Literacy program provided an absolutely brilliant model. Is it the only model? No, there's Project Learn in Akron, and there's probably other literacy programs, pro, uh, programs around the country. But there's no negative to finding out the problem. If you go to the doctor and you're sick, 
you don't want the doctor to give you a wrong diagnosis. We've got this ladder concept. We're going to have these reading clinics in the communities. They're going to be directly affiliated to job training programs. So once you get into the reading clinic, you're already talking to job training people. You're already looking at where you might want to go. You're stepping on that ladder of moving forward. You're going to then be in job training, get jobs. The president yesterday, oh, it was such a, a big rally. Oh, my God, I, I, it seemed like a million people were in the building. The energy was so positive and so high. But the, the, the president was actually talking about companies reopening uh, important uh, high employment uh, invite, um, businesses here in our area and in other areas of Ohio. If we're going to uh, try to move people who are chronically unemployed into those into those uh, jobs, then we've got to get them uh, trained. And you can't train yourself if you can't read, do some basic math. And tell me if you think there are really serious jobs that you can do today without some basic computer literacy. And technology and computer innovation is ramping up so fast all the time that it's almost impossible to keep up with it. People like me and my age, we, we did learn computers when we were middle-aged people, and we did it. Some people did it easily. Most of us did it with a struggle. We learned one pro program at a time, one platform at a time. Uh, we wake up every morning and go, don't issue anything new. We're good at what we do, and we can get through it, you know. Every time well, something ramps up dramatically, it's hard. Well, so, Bev, Dr. Bev, are you going to get illiterate people to do jobs if they if they don't have all this basic stuff? We that's it. that. That's such a people. that's such an important point. Computer literacy, of course, cannot happen until basic literacy happens. And the people who say to you, "You're racist for pointing out illiteracy rates," well, numbers don't lie. Statistics don't hurt. Uh, you know, they're not offensive. Statistics are what they are, and uh, your hurt feelings aren't going to change them. If you if if the community is uh, you know at a high rate of illiteracy, these people are not going to be prepared for the jobs of today, let alone tomorrow. It is an important message and one that so many people in that district. Have uh, have failed to learn for ten years of uh, of Marsha Fudge. So, uh, just in closing, Doctor Bev, uh, you have worked so hard. You have all of our deepest respect. I hope that people will listen to this message and get out there in that district and vote for change in District Eleven. Vote for Doctor Bev Beverly Goldstein for Congress in District Number Eleven, and actually start changing the district and your lives for a, in a positive way for a change. Doctor Bev, thank you so much, and I wish you the very best of luck tonight. Oh, wow. Thank you, Bob. I hope to see you and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. I do, too. I do, too. Thank you so very much. All right. That's Dr. Beverly Goldstein. She, of course, uh, is the candidate, uh, Republican candidate in District 11. She is every bit as sincere as she sounds. She really is. She wants to change people's lives for the better. All people, please, District 11, go out and do what you have to do. Support her. Back after this. Can we do this today? It's going to be a challenge. I'm sorry about that. I wanted to hear from uh, Congressman Jim Jordan on that one. It was the wrong clip. But Congressman Jim Jordan uh, and I were talking yesterday about the fact that history is not on our side. History is not on our side here because of the fact that um, 
the party in power generally loses a bunch of seats at the midterms almost uh, ever since World War II. That's just been the model. History is not on our side. And Congressman Jordan said, yeah, but you know what? In those last elections, in those last midterms, uh, people weren't going to the polls enjoying 4.3% GDP growth. People weren't going to the polls enjoying record low unemployment and record highs in workforce participation and record highs in the stock market, et cetera, et cetera. And that is a very good point. It could be the great equalizer. It's all about the economy, or at least it should be. We'll talk more about it as we continue. Your phone calls after the news on AM 1420. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 